You're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Maybe You're Like Me. How are you? Me? I'm doing great. Um, My family, both immediate and extended, are doing well and we haven't suffered lost in all of this. Glory to God. The weather is breaking and um, I'm such a summer baby, so I need the sunshine in my life. Warm and sunny days make me incredibly productive. So I've really been able to get a lot of things done, some things together personally and professionally. Um, Spiritually, I've been able to spend time really studying, studying the word like I used to. I honestly forgot about how deep I would actually go um, in my studies until I started reading some of my prayer journals from over a decade ago. Back then, I would research and define words and, you know, go deep for content and context around what I was reading in the Bible and certain concepts that were helping me to understand the word more and understand God more. And I was just really like enlightened as I was learning and excited to learn. And I think with my busy schedule, um, I just really gotten away from going deep like that. So with this extra time, I've now had to really start digging and get deep again in my studies. And I've been really blessed by what God has been revealing to me. Some of it is for me and some of it is to share. So I'm excited for future episodes. But like I mentioned in the last episode of Maybe You're Like Me, for the next four episodes, I'm going to be talking about my book, Secret Donuts, A Journey to Getting Over Your Weight, Aligned with God and Into Your Purpose. So maybe you're like me and you've been obsessed with your weight. And I suspect there are a lot of people who can relate on this topic. We are constantly constantly bombarded with the message that being fat is bad. It is unsightly. It is undesirable. It is unacceptable. We've been conditioned to fear weight gain, to obsess over the extra pounds we put on and to do any and everything to get rid of them. For our health, sure, but most of the time it's for vanity's sake. That's been my story for the majority of my life. So in 2018, God told me to write this book because not only was I obsessed, but I had made weight loss my idol, my little G God. And he was sick of it, sick of it. He was sick of me putting my hope, faith, and trust into what I believed losing weight would do for me to the point that I was disobedient and even sometimes arguing with him when he was trying to order my steps. Like I asked him to into what he had for me. I just could not see any of it happening while I was carrying extra weight. So instead, I pleaded with God to help me lose the weight. I prayed that he would just take away my appetite. I prayed that he would change my palate altogether, like make me not crave brownies, make me hate chocolate, you know, (laughs) make bread, make me vomit. I don't know. Just change my palate, make me love broccoli and celery. Um, I wouldn't even object to a mild illness that I would definitely recover from, but required a liquid diet so that I could emerge 20 pounds lighter with like very little effort. Listen, I love my kids, but I hate what they did to my body. So I angrily fussed at God about the unfairness of other women who effortlessly snapped back after having babies. 
I misused his word to guilt and condemn myself for being overweight instead of using it to let it motivate me into taking care of the temple that he's given me from a place of self-worth and self-value and self-love. You see, in the back of my mind, this unacceptable version of me was just temporary and therefore not worthy of love. It wasn't worthy of the care and attention that I should and would give to myself after I lost these 80 pounds. I wouldn't invest in nice clothes right now. Why? Because I'm going to have to replace them when I lose the weight, right? Um, I wouldn't get in pictures with my family because who wants to remember me like that? This is a temporary thing. This isn't like the real me. So, you know, plus it's just uber embarrassing. I don't want people to see me like this. Full body shots. Mm -mm. Nope, not doing that. Well, angle selfies. Okay, let's post that. I wouldn't go for big goals and dreams because I wasn't in a presentable body to be on screen or in pictures or on anybody's stage. Wait, 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 wait. It's all I thought about all the time. My weight. And it was all I talked about. I was a weird person who made excuses for what I was about to eat. Don't judge me. Don't judge my plate. Like nobody was judging my plate, but I felt like they were because I was, I would be, if I saw someone that looked like me, I would be scrutinizing what they ate too. Or I would always be having a plan to lose weight so that if you saw me, you would know that I wasn't comfortable in this condition And I didn't want you to think that of me. So I'd always be talking about losing weight or what new diet I was on or what I was starting or the discipline that I was gaining. And it was a bunch of starting and stopping. It was a bunch of failed attempts, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of excuses being made because I just could not bring myself to do this thing that I wanted so badly to do. I couldn't have this weight loss that I wanted so badly to have. And God got tired. I couldn't serve both God and weight loss. I didn't know I was trying to, but it became abundantly clear when he called me to write this book in 2018. And another thing I definitely could not do was to continue to try to force God to serve my idol of weight loss. Even worse, I assigned men's perspective on weight to God's perspective on me. I was believing the lies that Satan had planted, that he started planting when I was just a young girl. And those lies I was just carrying with me my whole entire life. And the main lie, the one that drove all of my actions and my inaction was that no one could or should love me when I'm fat, including God. That last part was subconscious. I never would have admitted that I believed that, but deep down, I believed that. Yeah, I knew that God loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son for my sins. But my greatest sin, my greatest flaw was being fat. So then could he really love me? Other people couldn't love me fat. I knew I couldn't. So God must not have been able to either, right? I was a fat kid and I was ashamed for it. I was ashamed of it. And I spent most of my time trying to overcompensate for it. I found my worth in what I did and not who I was. My thing was being an excellent student with a sweet, agreeable disposition. My thing was being responsible and dependable and outstanding. People responded well to what I did. I felt loved and accepted when I performed well and accomplished much, even when I was fat. And because I was fat, I performed well and accomplished much. I won all of the awards. I was in all of the clubs. I was the leader of everything. I was tapped for all the smart kid programs, had the newspaper articles, earned the scholarships, went to the dream school, you name it. I fiercely protected my reputation of perfection because it was all I felt I had. It was all that made me me. My identity was wrapped up in it. It was how I got people to look past my looks and see something about me that made me worthy. 
I had to be the best too. I was so competitive in all the things because ultimately the prize was my worth, my value, my validation. That's deep, right? I've kind of realized that I believe losing weight could solve all my problems and not losing weight was the cause of them. God sat me down to write this book to reveal the truth to me and to heal me. And that is exactly what it did. I came away from this experience genuinely feeling that even if no one else was impacted by this book, it changed my life. Thankfully, I've gotten so much amazing feedback that I know this book wasn't just for me. I was careful not to call it a guide. It's a journey. A guide is something you write when you have the answers and when you're an expert, when you've conquered. I haven't yet conquered this, not yet. But you know what this reminds me of? Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9. And in it, he says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I've come to realize that my weight is actually my thorn, the thing that keeps me close to God, the thing that keeps me humble, that keeps me from being conceited. It reminds me that in my weakness, in my most imperfect state, God's grace is sufficient. This for me is a journey because I didn't get here overnight. It took almost 30 years to feed me the lies that Satan fed me, and it may take me just as long to dismantle them. But along the journey of writing the book, I believe I received the tools to fight on the battlefield of my mind. I call this book a prerequisite to weight loss, and I felt that it was necessary because I've had seasons when I was fit, but still could not shake the need and the obsession to lose more weight. It was never enough. The problem wasn't the weight, but the importance I assigned to my weight. The final destination of Secret Donuts isn't to have lost weight by the end of it. It is to get to a mental space where I could take it or leave it where the thought of weight loss did not consume me. It didn't define me, didn't define how I felt about myself, didn't change how I showed up in the world. The point was to get to a space where I permanently place God back on the throne in my life and place myself on the agenda because I learned to love me as he truly does unconditionally. So why did I choose the title Secret Donuts? I explained that in my book's introduction and I'm going to read it. Hey, I'll be back. I'm going to the store to get some things quickly. Uh, laundry detergent. I say this to my husband as I grab my keys and head out the door into my car and down the street on my way to the grocery store. When I get there, I make a beeline for the bakery section, grab not one, but two donuts and toss them into the clear plastic bag, intentionally ignoring their posted calorie counts. My mouth begins to water. I go to Al four, grab some laundry detergent, throw it in the cart and check out. Back in the car, I slide my hand into the bag for the first squishy, chocolatey delight as I pull out of the parking lot. Music blasting, shoulders shimmying. Who else dances when they get good food? Just me? Okay. Before I get to the first light, and before I even know it, the second donut is in my hand, heading towards my mouth, and I bite into its lemon-filled glory. I hit the third light and make a right turn toward my neighborhood. I drive right on past my street. I arrive at the convenience store a few blocks away, swing open my door, and toss all evidence in the trash can outside their door. Then I go home. See? Secret donuts. 
literally. I titled this book Secret Donuts because anyone who struggles with their weight and reads this book will immediately understand what I meant without explanation. If this is not your struggle, then the story I shared might sound really funny or even absurd to you, but I want to set the tone for this book. This won't be a self-help book with pages of me talking at you and telling you what to do. This will be more like a conversation and an exercise in humility, transparency, and vulnerability. Think of it as something akin to a memoir. I'm sharing my experiences and lessons with the hope that this book will set me free as I write it and the readers free as you read it. Free from what, you ask? Well, free from shame, from fear, from any obstacle that stands in the way of you pursuing your purpose, of you knowing that you are enough just as you are, and from putting too much weight on your weight. I want to be, and I want you to be, free from hiding what you do and from hiding who you are. It's a real struggle sometimes as I go along this journey of writing this book. My instruction from God going into 2018 was that I was not allowed to focus on losing weight. Listen, I legit heard that I could not set a New Year's resolution to lose X number of pounds. Here's where it got confusing, though. It's not that I was not allowed to lose weight at all because I was allowed to change my habits, exercise, treat my body better and eat well to heal myself. Doing these things could very well result in weight loss and that would be okay. The instruction, however, was a wake-up call to the fact that for so long, I had been focusing on my weight and desiring weight loss with all my heart, mind, soul, and spirit for what I believe it would mean if I achieved it. The fact of the matter is that for too long, I had put my faith and hope in weight loss and God was tired of it. Essentially, weight loss had become my idol. If you know God, then you know how he feels about idols. Yikes. For as long as I can remember, my internal narrative has been when I lose these 80 pounds, I'm going to be popping. I'm going to be a problem. I'm going to finally go shopping. I'm going to be the trophy wife my husband deserves. I'm going to get professional pictures taken. I'm going to get in the picture with my kids. I'm going to record those videos. I'm going to brand myself. I'm going to market my business. I'm going to show up. I'm going to start acting again. I'm going to speak on stages. I'm going to be ready. I've come to realize that I have been conditioned to believe that I don't deserve to enjoy any of those things in my current state. And that's just not true. It's not true for me and it's not true for you. It's time to call the enemy on his lies. And this book is where I'm starting. The journey to losing weight has to be preceded by a mindset shift. This mindset shift is a prerequisite, much like the entry level classes that you have to take in college in order to qualify for the more advanced courses that have the meat and substance. We have to lay a foundation of mind rightness before body snatchness. For God's babies, us, that's not just public declarations of body positivity either. It's a foundational understanding that he loves us just as we are and expects us to as well. That's the destination we're aiming to reach. So if you're like me and you've been looking at other people who have lost weight and secretly feeling envious or frustrated and upset with them because they were able to accomplish something that seemingly eludes you, feeling like your worth is attached to a number on the scale, feeling like you have no self-control over your diet and or exercise or having trouble getting over your weight and into your purpose, then let's journey together. No more secrets, no more shame. All right, so what do you think? Doesn't it sound like a fun read? It is, I promise. The book is divided into three parts. Part one is Maybe You're Like Me and That's My Story. It's also where I got the name for this podcast. 
Um, and it's just that it's the same kind of transparent musings about how I got to the place that I was, how I got to be intensely focused on obsessing with weight and obsessed about my weight. And it takes you on a journey through my childhood and into my thinking process. And I really feel like being in that space of transparency and vulnerability is like my zone. It's my calling. And although sometimes I don't like being as open as I am, and I feel like I really am putting all my business in the street, or I really am not strategically staying mysterious enough for people to like have to guess about what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. I also feel like it is actually my call and my burden to be as open and authentic and as transparent as I am because people need to know that they are not alone in that. And in this one area, it is my most vulnerable area. It's my most sensitive area. I'm not alone in that. I absolutely know that. I see it in every advertisement and every, I was listening to a self-help book yesterday and I'm swearing this lady harped on her weight and she made fat jokes and I'm just listening like, it is so prevalent in our in our culture, in our way of thinking that we cannot not focus on weight, being overweight or getting to a certain weight to be acceptable. And it's not always about health. Like if anybody ever accepts themselves at the weight that they are, you'll see an instant barrage of, you know, when you get diabetes or what about your health and we can't advocate for obesity, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I look past all of that and see someone advocating for the ability and the license to love themselves as they are in that moment, which is one thing that being able to write this book has given me. Part two is called, okay, it's time to check the map. And that's just after I've kind of given myself a deep dive into how I got to this space and hopefully the reader has done the same thing. We can check the map to understand what predated those thoughts that we have been given, those lies that we have started to believe, which is that God knew us in our mother's wombs, that he had a vision and a purpose for us, that he made us fearfully and wonderfully, and even knew that we might carry extra weight and still planned to love us. Um, it's a deep dive into what God has said about us, what God feels about us, and an open invitation to understand that beyond how he made us, the why he made us like he made us for a purpose and even in the states that we are in there is a vision and a plan for our lives and it's best to get aligned with that so that we can focus on that big picture zoom out see the bigger picture and get aligned with what he said about us not what the world is saying about us which is what we have come to believe and the last part is from god's love to self-love and that is what we're aiming to do after we've accepted Part two, the understanding that he is God. He has a purpose for us. He loves us unconditionally. Now it's time for us to do it for ourselves. It is also a space from which I invite myself and you to confidently pursue weight loss if it is still something that we feel we should do because we have an understanding that our worth is not wound up in it. Whether we succeed or fail, our worth doesn't change. Our value doesn't change. How God loves us doesn't change. But the fact that we're losing weight is too do it because we love ourselves, not because we will be loved if we do it. That's a very important distinction that I had to make for myself, that I could love myself now because God loves me now. And if I choose to lose weight, it's not to gain more love for myself, but to love myself, to take care of this valuable thing because of the cost of it. It's so valuable. Why would I let it suffer neglect? Why would I let it go into ruin? You know, why wouldn't I put the best into it? Why wouldn't I do the best for it? Because 
I love it so much. So it was a different mindset. It's it's definitely a shift for me. And when I say it's changed my life, it has changed my life. Like I said, it's a book that focuses more on a mindset shift rather than being a guide to help you to lose weight. And so I haven't lost much weight since writing the book. And that's okay for me because my mind has changed so drastically. We went to Mexico last year for our anniversary and we were two days into the trip before I even realized that I had forgotten all of my cover-ups. That was a big, big deal for me. Like I was a kid who would walk around the swimming pool with a towel wrapped up to her neck so that nobody could get a glimpse of her in her swimsuit. And here I was in Mexico on this fabulous vacation bigger than I had ever been as a child and walking around free willy-nilly, not caring and not even realizing it. And it's not like I got apathetic. When I say not caring, it, it meant that I didn't have the same shame and guilt. And I was so incredibly proud of myself and so incredibly happy with the space that I was in. Like I take pictures now, I get in pictures, I post pictures, full body pictures. I've looked, I I dress myself nicer. I shop better. I've come to peace with my body shape, my body type, because everybody's not going to be a perfect hourglass, you know, and even still, I I don't even see my actual shape yet because, you know, I'm still lumpy and bumpy in some places, but I do have an idea based on pictures that I had back in the day of my body type. And I dress for that. And I feel so much more confidently in the clothes that I'm wearing now and the way that I'm dressing because I've taken the time to actually understand myself and learn myself because I'm important enough to do that in my own mind at this point. And I have so much fun with fashion now. I've just never been a girly girl because even then I didn't really feel like I deserved to be a girly girl to enjoy fashion and stuff. I wasn't ready because I hadn't lost those pounds. But at this point, it's like, no, they make the stuff in my size. Um, and so I'm going to enjoy the stuff in my size and I'm going to dress myself because I'm a pretty girl still. You know, I am a girl and I'm a girly girl and I have a daughter and I want to model those things for her. I want to model self-confidence for her. I want to model, you know, self-love for her. And so that was also a part, important part of this journey. Um, and that's in part two. Uh, no, actually, it's in part one of my book where I talk about my children, like and being an example for them. So anyways, I don't want to make this too long. I hope that you will pick up the book. I hope that you really enjoy it. If you do leave me a review, please, so other people can see it. Other people can get an idea of what it's about. It's not about me per se. Like I, I know it's like categorized as a memoir and it's a journey, but it's more about me sharing me with you so that you might be able to see you in it and be okay with that so that you can journey too. Um, so I'm just, I'm happy to have wrote it. Some days I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? But other days I get messages and reviews back from people and it's just like, okay, it was all worth it. So um, I hope that will be your experience with it too. I'm going to be talking about the book or themes from the book over the next three episodes. So I hope you'll tune in. If you're like me, I would love to hear about it. Tell me some of your experiences with this topic because I know I'm not the only one who's dealt with this. You can find me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson. Um, send me a message there. If you haven't already, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review right now wherever you're listening. If you know others who are like us, please, please share this episode with them or grab my book and send it to them, you know, just you know, if you want to. Thank you so much for listening. Have a blessed week, fam. Okay, bye.